win or lose at the skull purple podcast we are here to analyze the game answer your questions cry with you or celebrate together it's the fan express line presented by the skull purple podcast and it starts now Hey, welcome in to the Skull Depression Podcast. No, uh, the <laughs> Skull Purple Podcast after our week five loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, of course, I've always joined by our esteemed co-hosts and fearless leader in Carson. Uh, my name is Tony, a.k.a. Steggy, a.k.a. still eating all of the chicken wings because I remind you, that I asked for comments and likes, and we didn't get enough. So I ate all the chicken wings again this week. So please save me for myself. We also have Mike with us. Mike, how the heck are you doing? Are you still holding up? It was it was a weird one today. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, I'm not doing great. I'm not doing great, guys. But uh, I think I'll make it through. <laughs> I need some more coffee, I think, and think this went through through the late game. But You going to make here. that an Irish coffee? Uh, if I had the ingredients, yes, but as you know, or may know, Indiana, there's a cutoff on when you can buy, buy that at, uh, oh, on, really? Sundays, on Sundays. Oh, yeah. really? Wow. Yeah. So is go. it, is it, is it morning and evening? Cause so I'm, I'm originally from North Carolina and with us, it was Sundays. You couldn't buy any booze, um, before noon. Uh, but then I think they were open until like eight. I think at night on Sunday. No, I think we're 10 to four or 10 to six or something like that. Ah, ah. Yeah. Carson. That's, that's recent for us. That we, oh. Yeah, that's fairly recent. A scaling up or scaling back? Scaling up. We never, we weren't allowed to have it on Sundays. We weren't allowed to have it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're totally open now on, uh, in Minnesota. So it just, I mean, within I reason. It's not like twenty four seven, but you can. It's because it's because of the Vikings. They knew it was going to be a rough season. Yeah, I mean, pretty much they passed <laughs> they passed that legislation. Like, look, guys, it was eleven one score <laughs> games last year. So let's start let's start getting those Mick Golden lights pouring. Um, Carson, how are you holding up? I can see you're in your car. Please tell me you're somewhere safe. Uh, yes, I am parked in a parking lot, um, so I am not, and I'm not near like a cliff or anything, ready to jump off. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, I think the two obvious big plays, at least the the number one, is extremely obvious to me. Maybe you guys have thought about this too, but um, obviously, I'm number two on my list is the Josh Oliver fumble. Um, obviously, again turning the freaking ball over we keep doing it and again i told you guys i'm not believing they won't turn the ball over until they don't do it and again they did it so next week they're gonna do it they're gonna not turn the ball over i hope um prove me wrong prove me wrong um uh, but i think the biggest play in this game 
came in the second half on the opening drive for the Chiefs when they tossed up a 30-yard prayer, and it was caught. It looked like that was going to be a moment when the Vikings could turn the momentum of the game with a stop there on that third down and long, and Mahomes just floats one up and Cam Bynum's toast back there. Couldn't come up with a deflection, partly because he was too short, uh, but also, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> So that to me was the biggest play in this game because I think that whole second half complexion changes if the Vikings get that stop on that first Chiefs possession. Um, so I am uh, I'm going to uh, also mention the uh, third down conversions for the Vikings. Um, very, very too many times uh, weren't able to convert and then the field goals. Uh, you had to kick two field goals early on in the game. Can't have that against Kansas City. Cannot have that against Kansas City. So, got to find better execution. Uh, JJ also kind of a concern at this point. Um, how long is he going to be out? Um, so, those are kind of the things I'm concerned with, gentlemen. I actually have to go, but uh, I appreciate uh, you giving me the time to talk. So, I'll let you guys continue to talk off my points, and uh, hopefully the Vikes can turn this around or start the start the rebuild start the collapse for caleb here we go here we go <laughs> all right guys have a good one all right see you carson have a good one yeah well you know i mean at the end of the day uh i think what certainly what he's getting at and something that i was gonna touch on myself is just can't get out of our own way i mean you, you've got the fumble at the beginning of the game um you know you've got some drops at very key moments you know um and, and you know pivotal moments game-changing moments uh or just being inches away from a deflection um you know that those all matter you, you go against a team like kansas city they're not going to give you all the opportunities in the world i mean this is not going to be the panthers it's not going to be i mean even even the eagles gave us some chances you know um, and the chiefs is, as much as, you know, I think there's some cracks in the, in the shell a little bit for them right now. Uh, they're still the defending champs and they're still a, a heck of a ball club. So, uh, you gotta, you gotta be on your a game if you're going to beat that squad. And unfortunately today, while I didn't feel that we played terribly, um, we certainly did not bring our a game. Um, it was, I guess if I were to have to rate it. Uh, I would say the Vikings probably played a, a a B to B minus game, which I think against a lot of teams probably gets us a win. I um, mean, because again, I think that the Vikings, if we can stop the stupid mistakes, uh, could could pretty much beat anybody. And I know that some might sound insane, but I really believe it. Um, the other thing is too, and Mike, I want to get your take on this. I felt like today, KOC, uh, I know we can talk about the game management, and you know that's a bit of the low-hanging fruit here with all the timeouts wasted in the second half. Um, but it was very, again, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Apparent which coach was a multiple Super Bowl winner and which one is still kind of figuring out the job. And again, not to say KOC's terrible, but you know, again, he's... Now five games into his only second season as a head coach. So, um, you know, definitely felt a little out coached today. 
Um, game management, time management was bad. Uh, the timeout usage, I just was, ugh. but how did you feel like the game as a whole, you know, maybe how would you grade the team, how they played today? Um, what were your takeaways, you know, just even negatively or positively? Uh, I'd probably give them a similar grade B B minus. You could, you could give them, uh, with some of our previous, um, you know, lacking areas. The O line seemed to look good, really, for the most part. Uh, when you're sending a bunch of people, you're gonna they send six, you have five to block. It's gonna look bad at times, but if you recognize that, they play pretty good. So I you, you could bump that the B plus because of that in my eyes. Because some of the things we typically haven't been doing well, we did do well. It's just the other stuff just isn't meshing. It's like a golf game for a person who's in their you know, shooting their plus 12 handicap, you know, they're, they can never put it together. One day it's your drivers off and your irons are on the next day, your drivers on and your irons off or whatever. Uh, it just seems like that's how we are operating every week, offense and defensively we're consistent in what we do, but I just wish we were more aggressive in the secondary at times. Like we're letting every single one, we'll never give up the big play, which is great. But occasionally you have to jump those routes, give them a reason to think twice about just throwing because it's wide open. There's too many times, there's times where they don't throw it to their check down and there is nobody within 20 yards because we're just not covering that flat area. We're letting them get in. It's, it's, it's producing uh, less big plays but you you got to be able to jump that we're not making tackles when they're making the catch we're making tackles after they uh get a little bit of momentum and it's tough on those 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 guys out there uh they're smaller you know the smaller corners it, it's tough when those people get the the momentum going but other than that on defense we're playing well we're playing like a pretty good team for how young we we are really and how new everything is we're playing really well and i think it's probably we're playing that way for a reason i don't think it's because of scheme i probably don't trust your anytime we get man to man on the outside it's it's a problem so yeah but you gotta you gotta trust it every now and then and just tell them to play it deep you know make i don't know maybe i'm just talking circles at this point but (laughs) um and it's every bad bad bounce of the ball is in favor of the other team this year at some point. And it's, uh, we're just not taking advantage of important opportunities. Our tight end that we paid a bunch of money needs to make one of those three catches that hit him in the hands during big times. Uh, so that's a little bit disappointing, but overall we played well. It was, it was nice to see that, we could hang with them and it didn't look like it was because of crazy stuff happened. We hung with them because we're a decent team. We just, like you said, can't get out of our own way. And at this point, can you say we're a decent team? One and four. But you watch the games, you know, that, you know, we're a lot better than what that says, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. 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 I, I your record is what you are, right? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we're one and four and one and four for a reason. Right. I mean, we've just fumbles. Nine, nine fumbles. 
Like you can't, you can't nine lost fumbles. We've we've played five games, <laughs> you know? and all of them yeah. lost. Yeah, lost. Like I don't know how many fumbles we got back, but it's not many. It's less than that. Oh, it's and that's yeah. why you have Kirk Cousins and or, or QB like him is to protect the ball. But we're just fumbling everywhere else. You can, you know, it's like why have a quarterback that can protect the ball and run the offense when you're just giving it back to him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree. And and I again, it comes back to what is it? Like, what is the problem? Because I understand there's a little bad luck every once in a while. Every team is going to experience that. Everybody's going to have some untimely fumble. A ball's going to not, you know, bounce a, a weird way and it's going to cause an interception or, you know, weird stuff like that happens every week around the league. But once it starts happening almost every week, and at this point it has been every week for the same team, then you start to kind of go, was there like a little bit more of an underlying issue here than just bad things happen? Because, I mean, I I, I know I used this analogy before, but it's a little bit like when, uh, you know, you talk to that person that can never keep a job, right? It's like, you know, the first couple you're like, yeah, maybe management was terrible or yeah, maybe that company was just kind of eh, well, not, not so great. But after like the third or fourth job that this person can't keep, you're like, think the problem might be you like (laughs) i don't know if they're all that bad i certainly it's possible it's possible that we're just the most unlucky team in all the nfl but at some point you start to go like is it personnel is it coaching is it discipline are we not teaching these guys i mean at at this point you think anybody in the nfl kind of understands ball security i mean lord knows adrian peterson uh, I don't know if I ever got that uh, memo, but uh, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like these guys, they're in the, they're in the league for a reason, right? And if you're an offensive offensive player, you've had defenders trying to strip the ball away from you for how many years, you know, before coming to the NFL. So I just don't know what is going on, and it's driving me crazy. Uh, well, why it keeps happening? I can't. It's hard to say that it's preparation causing this. They're like you said, they're NFL football players. It's not it's it's hard to say it has to be luck, but what it can't you you can't say that it's because they're not prepping for it or they right. don't know what they're doing or they're not being coached properly. The the fumble today was an incredible play by the defense. That guy missled in there with with the crown of his helmet should have been illegal, right? You're not allowed to lead it with the crown of your helmet. And pops that ball out clean. Like he had it everywhere you're supposed to have it as a ball carrier. And it yeah. just pops out. I mean, you're dealing with another human being draped all over you. But yeah. uh, really, it was nothing he would have done or should have done. You can't t- coach him to do anything other than that. I guess you can tell him to put two hands on it, but he's stiff arming another guy. But um, yeah, I, it's it's hard to explain that away except for it feels like it's luck, especially, uh, especially losing so many of them. That part of it is absolute luck. It's just how did we lose all of them and how, like how it never bounced to us once there's nobody around to get it. Like it's incredible. 
Um, and so I don't think it's coaching. I think KOC still, I point, pointed this out last week uh, to touch on KOC real quick, is it looks like he just has too much going on. He's arguing with the refs because they made terrible calls at times. And he's not trying to plan for the next play. He's worried about that one because that's his job to voice their wrongdoings to them very loudly. But at the same time, you can't do that while prepping to run the next play. So it's impossible to do both of them. And I think he just too many times we're leaving, even after a delay of game, we're getting out of the huddle with 16 seconds to go. It doesn't make any sense to me. Something like he's probably coaching somebody and then the play's getting late, coming in late, you know? And so I think that's where it looks like he is unprepared more, more so than he probably is. And maybe I'm trying to be nice here, but I think he's a great coach, but he's overwhelmed in those moments. Andy Reid isn't overwhelmed in all those moments. He's been through every single scenario you could get through on multiple Super Bowl runs to know that he doesn't have to pay attention to any of that stuff. He, Oh, it's this. Then we got to do this. He already has it figured out. It's third and two. We're doing this. So it's fourth and one. We already know what we're doing on that play. Um, KOC has got to figure it out. And uh, it's just slowing everybody down at, a, at, at times. Yeah, the only time Andy Reid gets overwhelmed is when he has to decide between the filet mignon and the prime rib at the Golden Corral. So. Now, I don't think he's ever worried. He's taking both. <laughs> Just give me both, baby. Yeah. Shave, shave off a piece of both. You, you might as well give me a big piece because I'm going to be up here a few times if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saving you time, buddy. Just, I know we're not supposed to take two. Just give me two. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it. I, I agree with everything that you said. And I think that's what makes it so frustrating because uh, I do have a lot of confidence in, in O'Connell and I really like him a lot. Um, you know, seems like a good guy. Um, I love the intensity that he brings. That is, it's it's a very positive intensity too. Like he just, he's got a fire in him, you know. Um, and that's something I felt like we always missed at with Zimmer. I think Zimmer had a lot of fire, but I think Zimmer was a bit more of the authoritarian type of fire. Something <laughs> um, bad had me. to happen. Something bad had to happen to see Zimmer's fire. Something yeah, good happens. He's just standing there, you know, yeah, but yeah, which I think, you know, the thing is there's pros and cons, right? I mean, um, he, he Zimmer held everybody to a very high standard. And because of that, uh, for many years, um, you know, he demanded excellence and, and we definitely on the defensive side of the ball, we had excellence. I mean, the first some years there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but at the, at the same time, uh, you know, it's a bit more of the, uh, Harbaugh issue uh, over in Michigan, not not the Baltimore Harbaugh, um, where these guys are so intense, just twenty four seven that you know players kind of get a little burnt out. I think that's why Harbaugh is good at the college level because there's always the rotation of players. Um, when you're in the NFL, you know guys hopefully are on your team for a long time. You know, yeah. not just two, three, maybe four years, but. Most of the time, these college players, if they're good enough, they're really only going to be on there for two, you know, maybe three. 
So, um, yeah, I just think that was the issue with Zimmer. Is he just, I don't want to say wore out his welcome. I just think at some point people got burnt out. And then when things uh, hit the wall, if you will, I think he lost the team. And I think he kind of resented the team for not playing the way he wanted them to front office, not making the moves he wanted them to make. We all know he did not want cousins um, mainly because he didn't, he, I don't think Zimmer Zimmer ever felt that, um, that the Vikings needed a premier quarterback. I think need to pay a QB. That's what yeah, yeah. Good defense quarterback that gets the job done. You know, that's why he loved Teddy so much. And I'm a Teddy guy. I'm not saying, you know, um, you know, pre knee explosion, Teddy, um, big, big fan. Um, it's unfortunate what ended up happening to him with, with the knee. Um, but I think that's, it was a perfect fit, you know, because it was a guy that he was going to ask him to do a whole bunch. What Teddy did well was short to intermediate throws, took care of the ball well, and he tended to play better in crunch time. So, you know, that's, he checks all the boxes for Zimmer. Um, but much like, you know, what we learned about Teddy as his career has kept going. Um, and I think we all kind of knew like he again, wasn't going to be a guy that's going to take over a game. Like that wasn't, you know, just not wasn't in Teddy's DNA. And some of it was just limited, uh, athletic ability. I, I would again, love Teddy to death, but I would go and, and die on the hill that Kirk cousins from a natural athletic ability and quarterback ability standpoint is much more gifted. Uh, than, than Teddy Bridgewater. I'd quarterback. Say the, I don't know about athleticism, but quarterback ability for quarterback. sure. But he's more athletic than he shows because he's a statue. He's not looking to be athletic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good at it. Why do I do it? Yeah, I would say Teddy, where Teddy probably had the leg up on Cousins uh, was just, you know, that was one thing. Teddy had that. Teddy had that extra gear. Um, and you saw it statistically speaking and just the eye test, he had that extra gear that the elite quarterbacks have, which is when the game's on the line, when you're in prime time, he always played. That was when he played his best football. Um, you know, with Kirk, that's where we struggle. It's like the mental part. He gets rattled and things kind of get off the rails. Um, you know. But again, <laughs> the gifts are there. I've said this on this podcast before. And I'm going to say it again until somebody finally gets in the comments. So please like, subscribe, subscribe, comment, tell me I'm insane. But I think if you took Teddy Bridgewater's brain and you put it in Kirk Cousins' body with his ability, I honestly, I think you'd have Tom Brady. Tell me <laughs> I'm crazy. No, I, uh, I can see how you could come to that conclusion. Um, it was unfortunate that Teddy... Teddy hit the ball, but he's not, he's not the quarterback you need, even when he was healthy to win a championship. I think all the pieces have to fall into place with a quarterback like him. I, I think Kirk cousins is a step above that where you can see in these games where nothing is falling into place and we're still able to have a chance. Um, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater in this type of game or this type of season isn't, doing us really any good in these games. Kirk Cousins is the only reason we're staying in anything for the most part. Yeah. 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 Well, like I said, today you definitely can't put it on, uh, can't put anything on Cousins. I, I, I think he played about as good as you can play. Uh, of course, there's always going to be 
little things here and there, you know, that every player, every single player could have done better. But for the most part, you know, on the on the whole, um, you know, Kirk played a pretty darn good game today. I thought he looked good. And, you know, this is the other thing. I loved him moving around in the pocket today. How about looked, that? Didn't have moving to do around. much. Yeah. Creating some plays. I mean, that's the, if there's anything that drives me nuts about Kirk is that sometimes he will just stand there and not move around. And that's been my biggest knock on him is he's not creating. Today, I saw him create at least three to four plays in big moments out of nothing. You know, moving around, getting up to the line of scrimmage. It was almost like he was watching Patrick Mahomes and going like, I think I can do that. Um, but he he looked good. I mean, if honestly, if we got this version of Kirk Cousins every week, um, boy, we could with, win a lot of games. And With no production from J.J., even when he was in the game for most of it, he was getting shut down. I, You know, most of the time they saw this Snead matchup on camera, he was getting shut down. It was just tough. He was very physical with him. Um, and I think they called some penalties early, but then they kind of settled into the game and let him play physically. And he got just out physical today. It's the first rare time to see that, but uh, yeah. or rare, it doesn't happen often. But he got, you know, he got out physical today. Yeah. And I think uh, um, we had a comment on there about the officiating. I think most fan bases, this whole podcast would just be about how we felt like we got screwed. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> there are so many things you could point to at important times it's the kelsey catch early that we challenged i don't know how they call that a catch i can see a a tiny bit of what they're trying to say but there's no even when they're trying to explain they said he has see he has full possession no bobble and the ball's bobbling as they say this and it's uh just really frustrating that that would be considered a catch and it, it doesn't make any sense. There was no full possession of that football that you could point to. Uh, the Addison P.I., the only thing I could say here is that he didn't try hard enough to get back to that ball like he should have. He should have just tried to run through, but it was still a pass interference. Yeah. It, I, if you ask me, he cut off where he was trying to, and he just wasn't strong enough to push through him or whatever, didn't try hard enough, but it's still pass interference. And then – the guy takes his helmet off on the field and they tell him to put his helmet on, but that's a penalty. <laughs> and they kept saying, well, it doesn't really matter that it was a penalty because it was a change of downs anyways, but that's a penalty that they're back 15 yards further when they start their possession. And that's when we, the subsequent punt punt that they have, we shut them down on defense. We make them punt. We're 15 yards whoops, closer in theory because of that penalty, right? And now we're we're playing that whole last series completely differently, 15 yards closer, and it makes that Hail Mary at the very least a lot easier. And it just seemed funny that it played out that way. Yeah. And that we didn't get a pretty a call they've made pretty much all year with that pass interference. And then it's a penalty every time you take your helmet off, no matter when or where or why they always call it, especially you, you'd think they would call it when all the cameras are on you and they told them to put it back on and, and pocketed the decided not to call it. It's a little weird. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I I don't disagree. It was just very odd. I mean, it, it was uh it was it definitely felt like uh I don't know. I hate to play the conspiracy theory because I am not one to be like, oh, the game is scripted or that there's this like predetermined outcome because to me that would require players purposefully breaking legs and limbs and tearing ACLs and and uh you know other weird stuff that happens and then also costing themselves millions of dollars uh by not playing well I, I think it'd be hard to get people on board uh with uh with that but um that being said I do think that there is it's like anything, right? Um, I'm not. I'm not going to try. I'm going to try my best to keep this very, very neutral when I say this. But it's kind of like talking to people that are supposed to have a neutral position, but we're human beings, so we have biases. We have certain ways that we feel about certain things, and there's just no way you can get around that. And I think with very popular teams, with teams that have a bit of a following, with teams that there's going to be a lot more. I don't know, um, positive or negative push, depending on the outcome. I mean, I think it'd be crazy not to think that that doesn't play like just a tiny sliver. And again, I'm not saying that would be blatant. I just mean, if it's a hair one way or the other, maybe it goes that way a little bit more often. Right. And I think that's kind of what we saw. I mean, you mentioned a couple of the plays. How about the stupid Watson catch on the, sideline yeah. you know it's like you know i mean i looked at that thing and i'm going i'm pretty clearly seeing one foot that comes up before he's got possession there and it doesn't come back down in bounds like i they're see calling it's possession as yeah. soon as it touches his hands they're calling possession like it touches one pinky or you know gets to the palm and they're counting that in slow motion as possession but yeah. that's not possession yet yeah. Just because it hits your hand, it could easily just fall out at a frame after that. And yeah. he's, but it, I know that it didn't, but it still wouldn't count as a catch. Well, and it's like the Kelsey thing. You already brought it up, but it's the same kind of, again, it's so close. So I, I can see again but, where yep. you're like, it's close. And, you know, I'm not saying it's blatant where it's like, are you nuts? But it is like, like, I mean, you know, with the Kelsey one, it was the same thing. It's like, We've seen this how many times, and I'll go back to when this obviously was a the big talk of the NFL was like the Des Bryant catch. Clearly, he's got possession. He goes to the ground, then the ball moves, right? Even if it's in your hands, it can't just be like moving around, right? And it clearly, when Kelsey went down and he hit his back, that ball shifted way up in his hands. Like it was not like it was holding a, you know, like a mini basketball. Like that thing was moving and while it was still shifting up that's when metellus essentially changed possession uh so to me it was kind of like well you got to control the ball through the catch or through you know and go into the ground excuse me clearly that didn't happen now would he if he didn't get touched you know if metellus isn't there does he still retain possession probably because he had enough of it where that ball probably yes. wasn't coming out yep. But it was in the process. Again, there was like, it's in that neutral zone of like, it's moving though. Like, you know? So I and those, know. 
yeah, those are the opportunity. If you're the conspiracist, those are the opportunities that you can take to alter the state because you can point to something to be called correct in that, you know, you can argue yourself a little bit. So, yeah, though, if you're a conspiracist, those are the times they take the opportunity. And there was another catch right before. Um, I don't know if it was right before half when they scored their second touchdown. They uh, they had a quick pass to the four-yard line, and then they scored the very next play. Well, that four-yard pass on second down wasn't a catch. It He never had it in his hands. It went between yeah. his legs. It touched the ground, and then they throw up. They throw, and we didn't challenge it, but it should have never been called a catch. It clearly hit the ground. It was in between his feet, and it's uh, uh, real frustrating. Yeah. Well, we had uh, Ryan Sheehan here comment on uh, on our our stream, and uh, he's asking if we have any thoughts on the PI uh, that was called on Harrison Smith. Um, I'll let you go first on that one, Mike. Any any thoughts on that one? Uh, I mean, we saw it a few times. It looked, it looked like maybe early he he kind of interfered with him slightly early, but then the receiver pulled him down with him to make it look worse. So I think there's a little bit. It's one of those that could be either or. They could call it one way or another, no matter how you saw it. But typically, they're not calling that if they're not calling it on Addison. Uh, they're calling Addison where the ball landed five feet from him or five yards from him as an uncatchable ball. That's why it's not PI. Then it's the same thing here. Uh, it was an uncatchable ball. Well, it could probably uncatchable because they pass interfered, but that's beside the point apparently. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't hate them for the call, but uh, most of the time they're not calling that, especially when it wasn't, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it should have been called and typically isn't. That's my feelings. Yeah. I I I guess personally I have I have less of an issue with that call. Um mainly because uh, you know, if I were to just take them as their own. Because I agree with you, Mike, in the sense that now that we have like the pip, the big picture, you know, hindsight go looking at the game as a whole, you had the Addison thing, and then you got the Smith thing, and now we're starting to compare plays. But if I'm just looking at it play to play. Um, regardless, I, I, I kind of figured that was going to be PI because he didn't, he, the, you know, the cardinal sin for any defensive back is you gotta look, you gotta look for the ball and Smith didn't now agreed. It was a, it was a savvy move on the receiver to again, kind of grab him, pull him in. We saw that, um, with the, uh, Caleb Evans, uh, DJ Chark PI last week. Um, where Chark pulled Evans into him and, and caused a PI and Evans actually was looking for the ball. Um, but because he didn't turn his head, I kind of figured they were going to call it. And that's just, you know, I, I see him call it every week because if you can't turn your head around and, and my opinion, I, I was a little almost frustrated with Smith because I thought, man, dude, you've been in the league for how long, you know, you got to at least at least look like you're looking for the ball. Like you, <laughs> you can't just go full force into them. And uh, again, the receiver helped sell that a bit, but um, the fact that he didn't get his head around at all was, that was going to be the kiss of death on that one. But, I mean, it, I can't remember this year, anybody calling incidental contact you know, or 
I don't know if that's a thing anymore or if I'm uh, remembering things wrong. That seems like it's incidental contact more than anything. You know, it's just like it's part of football. You guys ran into each other. It's not a penalty. He didn't he didn't commit a foul. They just kind of ran into each other. And it wasn't like the receiver was coming back for that ball, if I remember correctly. I believe it ended up over their head. But uh, uh yeah, it was it wasn't like he wasn't trying to stop short and come back through. He was yeah, about correct. to go up for it and they kind of stumbled to get close together. You know, I was like, yeah. well, yeah. that's just kind of you're in the same area. You, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but technically probably pass interference because it's so favored one direction there. But yeah. why isn't that? If you guys run into each other, why isn't offensive pass interference? I was trying to make a play on the ball. Right. <laughs> well, I this here's the thing I would say uh, of how tic tacky that play probably is. I think if Harrison turns to again play the ball, puts one arm up like he's trying to deflect it, it's probably not pass interference. Like yeah. that's I think how simple that is. It just because that is just I don't know. I don't know if it's like this is the key indicator for all the refs. But if man, if they don't if they don't look for the ball, it's so stupid too because I literally have seen PIs where a defender is just he his timing is impeccable, but it's blind timing <laughs> where they'll kind of throw their arms up with their back to the ball. And if there's almost any contact, like even just the slightest amount of contact before that ball gets there, they throw that flag every time because they're like, you're not even looking for the ball, you know, and so it's that stupid. It's um, like you're, you're not playing very good football right now, so we're going to punish you. Yeah, yeah, that's not good fundamental football. So you don't look like an NFL player out here. We're gonna punish you so you get off this field. Turn around, make a play on the ball. That's right. Yeah, good thing. Good thing they weren't throwing flags like that for old Jimmy Klein saucer back in the day. He's probably one of my favorite Vikings, but boy, oh, he by far the sauce. He just looked like the human bratwurst, wasn't he? He was yeah. just the best. Just give it to Jimmy and let him run. Yeah, an offensive player that gets the ball wearing a neck roll. That was. <laughs> Is he, he a tight end? Is he a fullback? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's kind of funny that we're complaining about penalties being called one way or the other, but they they had a lot more penalties than we did. But it was a real early in the game. At one drive, they had four or five, you know? Um, so it's not like they weren't called. It's almost like the evolution of rigging the games from the officiating. It's we got to make it look like statistically that we're on one side or the other. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be favored on KC, but at the end of the game, we're going to make those, those close calls go one way. And so they can't point to the stats anymore. Yeah. We'll just like, wait until that matters more. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. We are, we are as a team just struggling in general. And those when it matters plays. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're smooth everywhere else, but we clinch up when it matters. Every single Hawkinson makes those catches, you know, most of the time, but it mattered too much today. And he just limp handed him. He didn't try and go up there and grab it. He limp handed him, hoping they would stick in his gloves. It was disappointing. I don't know how I got turned on that, but I did. <laughs> Yeah, well, and speaking of Hawkinson, uh, you know, we got some injuries now we're going to have to pay attention to. And anybody that's watching, feel free to throw in the uh, 
the uh, comments here if you have any news for us, because obviously we've been doing this. I haven't been paying attention to anything out there on social media or anything like that. But, you know, we got Jefferson who looked like he maybe tweaked a hamstring there. I was hoping it was maybe just cramps or something, but then he stayed out. Obviously, Hawkinson was down, but then he came back. But you never know. I mean, those things tend to, you know, kind of linger too. You get into the next week, depending on what it is. So um, some key injuries there. The one thing I kind of noticed, though, uh, when those two players were out, and look, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and vie for our best players to be not in the lineup. But I will say this. It made us probably less predictable because they're probably like, we don't, I mean, obviously priority number one is going to be Jefferson. Well, he's not even out there on the field. Priority number two is Hawkinson. He's not on the field. So what's going to be the game plan, right? And so now they had to start guessing about what we were going to do. And, you know, Kirk started to dice him up there uh, a little bit at the end. So um, I sounded really Midwestern there for a second. He was, he was dicing him up out there, huh? Um, hey, did you see it? That was yeah, pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a couple of old styles. I was really excited. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah so I think just, we'll see what happens with those injuries. So if any, yeah, if anybody has any updates, throw them, uh, throw them in the comments. I think, uh, all of them are minor. I think it was just a frustration hammy injury to be honest. Not that you're giving up on the game during the most important part, but it's probably been hurting for a while throughout the game. And then something tweaked a little bit and it just wasn't worth keeping you, you know, just Jefferson in there or, or something like that. A tight end is going to be, uh, is going to be getting hurt. That's what I think. And speaking on the offense after they were gone for a couple, uh, that couple plays or whatever, those two players, I think Brandon Powell earns the number three receiver spot. He looks good every time he touches the ball. Um, and KJ is just struggling. He, he's, I don't think he's going to snap out of it. It looks like at this point, he's continuing to have the yips as you spoke on last year, or last week, how it feels like everybody's got the yips at certain times. He's not getting out of them. He's in his head too much at this point. He's not comfortable riding the number two receiver uh, position. Addison's ready for it. He's a big time player. You can just see it when he's out there. And I love that he's not like overly uh, like celebrating or anything. He's playing ball. And I'm surprised. I'm kind of surprised to see that out of him. It seemed like when he was drafted and he's like, let's go make that money. He gets <laughs> labeled as a certain type of person, right. you know, um, that that's all he's going to care about. He's going to be super, you know, flashy. And a lot of times those flash those. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stefan Diggs, what's he do when he gets a first down? He makes he lets you know he got a first down, which is fine. But I thought Addison was going to be that way, which, like I said, isn't a problem. He's surprising me the the poise he has out there. It seems like he's yeah. he's not he's not scared by the moment. He's ready for it, uh, and earlier than I expected, but about about the exact time you anticipated. So, yeah. Um, but Brandon Powell looks good every time he touches the ball. Cam Akers, we didn't see today very much. Both of them need to get more involved, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a few good Akers runs early, and then he kind of, as you mentioned, faded away. I think game script maybe played a part in that, even with okay. Madison. You know, not as many 
yeah. uh, touches in the run game. Um, yeah, I love your take with the Addison. I think, I think the thing that helps my theory on that is I do think that Addison probably is a little bit like, you know, he wants to have a little flair to him, but I think in a way having Justin Jefferson in your wide receiver room is a little bit like, all right, buddy, like you got a long ways to climb before you're at the top of this mountain. So for him, it's like, eh, maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut for a little, a little while. Um, so yeah. I, that probably helps because you can't, you know, two guys like that, it's just going to be, you know, and not to say like, I think Justin is a good, you know, player. I don't think he doesn't seem like a bad teammate or anything like that, but no. you know, he's definitely, has got some swag to him. And I think if you had another guy that was doing that, uh, but, but producing less, it's going to be like, excuse me, like, <laughs> you know, so. And um, I showed you that dance. Dang it. <laughs> Give me yeah, scoring yeah. before me. Exactly. We did have a pretty funny comment uh, that came in here while we were talking. Laker Nation says, uh, says, breaking news, the Hunt family has officially switched the team name to the Kansas City Cheats. And he says, me personally, I would have changed it to the Kansas City Payrollas. The refs would have loved it. Uh, so very funny. I like that. My favorite part is the second comment, which says, I left this comment in every Chiefs live stream and then got blocked right away. Well, Lakers Nation, you will not get blocked here. You're more than welcome to hang out <laughs> in uh, the Skull Purple podcast uh, stream. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, tough game, tough loss. Um, I know we can talk about this all day long, but uh, Mike, I think we'll kind of start to wrap things up obviously we've got oh we've got another you know another week another game that we've got to play uh unfortunately <laughs> um obviously at one and four each one of these is going to matter more and more and more um not that they didn't matter today but uh you know time's running out now to, to start writing the ship i don't think it's time to wholesale yet i i really don't believe that i think if we would have lost to carolina and we were looking at zero and five right now. At that point, I'd probably say, I mean, I know it's only one game, but it it does matter. <laughs> um, you know, I I would say that we probably would be like, you know, I, again, I'm not saying sell the farm yet, but it it we'd be closer to it. Uh, so next week we've got the Bears. Um, we are in Chicago. Uh, for that particular game. Soldier Field tends to be a tough place to play for us. Um, obviously, we'll have a game preview at some point this week uh, to talk about the Bears matchup and how much better we are than the Bears. Uh, <laughs> uh, because as bad as we are, the Bears, pretty rough. They did win on Thursday night, though. Uh, yeah. So I'll give, give them that. Um, our records are the same. So whether we want to gloat all we want, uh, that's up to us, but the records are the same. Um, so we have to now prove that we are not the Bears, and uh, next week's going to be the, the week to do it. Um, I'll save our predictions and all that for the middle of the week, and maybe we'll get Mike on for, uh, for that uh, as well. But uh, before we wrap things up, as we usually like to do on this show, even in a loss, is uh, we'll give out uh, a couple of game balls. And again, Mike, uh, I'm going to remind you, they don't have to be Vikings. <laughs> if you really feel like giving game balls to somebody on the other team or uh, somebody that isn't even related to this game, uh, it's totally <laughs> up to you. Uh, 
but I'm going to kick it over to you. Uh, what do you got for game balls this week? Um, I think it's, we haven't given one to him yet, but it's Kirk. You know, we, I think he did everything we could. I don't think we've given him one, but everything we could, um, we needed from him. It just wasn't enough, but we, we, he just didn't get enough help at this point. Um, or this game. Oh, and I'd also give one to Powell. I think he, when we force a team to punt, which is rare, we normally let them run down the field and kick a field goal or try and go for it on fourth down, or he's dynamic in the punt return, even though he fumbled week two, whatever. That was a game-changing return that turned into a game-changing fumble. But minus that, every time he touches the ball, he's making plays. He may, Like he said, he came in uh, fourth quarter and made a couple – important catches for us to even get a chance to go down the field. So um, I, I know he didn't have a huge impact on the game, but I think what he did do the small amount of opportunities, he took advantage of them. Uh, it's kind of a weird game ball, but um, I'm sticking with it. I think he's going to get more touches moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that take because I think Powell is, uh, a guy that, yeah, do we want to see him on every offensive snap or 80% of our offensive snaps? Probably not. But the fact is, is that when he was asked to come in, in a tough spot, games on the line, Justin Jefferson, arguably, you know, best player, at least offensively that we have, he's out hobbling around. Hawkinson gets hurt. I mean, a lot of reasons for anxiety, right? And he came in and I thought uh, filled in well and just added some juice, added a spark. Um, so and I, I'm assuming he was also he he's probably in a position on the depth chart to where he knows multiple positions. Right. I bet that's not I bet he was coming out there in a position that's not his natural position uh, and still running the right routes in crunch time, making plays. So uh, you got to give it to him for that's who he went to when it was crunch time was Powell. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that says something too, because Kirk for again, all of his things he does well, he definitely likes to be very much risk averse, which means that, you know, he probably has a reason to trust him, meaning that in practice, he's probably looking good and he knows where he's going to be. Uh, and that's important. Unlike the KJ miss, by the way, in the end zone uh, earlier in the game where, I mean, again, could that have ball been, a little bit better thrown, sure, but you know, if KJ's looking for the ball, he's open and that ball's Look, there. That's touchdown. That was that was my final straw. I know I, I think it was my first text sent in the group today. Yeah. It was pretty quiet early. Um but there's no way a number two receiver in the NFL turns his head that late, that close to the goal line. What do you expect to happen? Like He's got to be able, he's going to have to throw that ball fairly quickly. And what are you doing? The ball's past your head almost before you even turn to look for it. You can't blame it on Kirk at any point. I, I, he threw it where it needed to be to make the, the play. Right. And our receiver is just no non existent, not in the game, worried about getting hit, whatever he's doing. Uh, that was the fine. That's every ball can be thrown better. If, right, well, yeah, exactly. if it hits you in the hands or it's in your area you know you have a 
a catch radius, you have to catch that ball in the NFL. Yeah, yeah it almost he almost doinked it right off his helmet. <laughs> That's a bad pass. When is that a bad pass? You know what I mean? They tried to say, oh, you know, I don't know. Hit yeah. you in the helmet. That's a pretty good pass, if you ask me. Right. Yeah, and as far as game balls for me, um, I'm going to go with uh, – I am going to go and say I thought that um, – I thought the defensive line played pretty well today. Um, I thought they provided some pressure on Mahomes. They came up with some big plays. It's not an easy guy to take down. I mean, Mahomes is arguably the best – quarterback in the league um and and he's scrambling around he's going crazy and you know look i i don't think our defensive line is an elite defensive line so i know the bar is low for me but boy i i thought that they were just kept at getting after him they kept the motors kept running and they came up with some big plays so um i think a game ball for me goes to the d line in uh you know trying to again do the best they could to put us in a position to to win so um, could have got eaten alive in the run game. Didn't happen. Um, if anything, it was our back end, you know, the back end was looked, uh, like a liability, you know, honestly, the today's game felt a bit more like what we saw last year, you know, where we're just, we kind of got diced up a little bit, giving up big chunks on long third downs, like just stuff that drives you nuts. Um, so there's, there's that, um, <laughs> And then I'd say second game ball, um, I'm going to go with, oh, I guess I got to give it to the Walrus. I mean, it's hard not to, you know, give give credit where it's due. Um, you know, he he's, he's a master, and he's a master chess player, and um, I love KOC, but KOC should look back at this game and go, how can I improve as a coach? Because... Um, you know, with them coming out on that fourth down and us burning that third time out, even I was going, they're just trying to draw us off sides. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? So, <laughs> so we burned a timeout for them just to do it again. And you know, Mahomes walked to that sideline like, what's that? The second best thing happened there. We didn't draw them off sides. We made them burn their last timeout. <laughs> so it's just, you know, got to give it to the Walrus, Andy Reid. Uh, fantastic coach. Glad we don't have to see him again for however long. Good riddance. Get out of Minneapolis. <laughs> That's right. See you in February, baby. That's we what got I say. Yep. See you in February. That's right. Because we're turning it around. We got to go uh, on a streak. Got to go on a streak. And it's going to happen. Well, this is look, a good good team to start a streak with. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you know, we're the same team or that, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I hate comparing teams and things, but, uh, last year I remember a team that we all hate and that would be the green Bay Packers. <laughs> and, uh, I believe at one point in time, that team was three and seven and they almost came back and made the playoffs. If it wasn't for that last game against Detroit. So, all I'm saying is it can happen. Um, I think that this is a good team, just like you, Mike. I think it's just a lot of bad luck 
whatever else is going on, whether it's the yips, we got to get it figured out. And um, fingers crossed it starts next week against the Bears. Uh, full disclosure here, this week in every football season is my favorite week of the football season. Bears <laughs> away game week. Because I love nothing more than beating the bears in their in their home field on their home oh, field yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing be, beating them at home is great it's expected it's expected to beat them there too but they have an edge if you go in there and you tussle with them nfc north uh divisional battle uh there's nothing better than coming away with that win, if you ask me. But I feel like I'm more on the Bears are my least favorite team, and you guys are typically on the Green Bay's your least favorite team. There's more Bears fans, fans around here, so it's easier to hate them. Uh, well, I suppose because yeah. you're real close. Yeah. yeah, you're real close. Are you going to be able to pick that game up pretty easily next week then? Uh, Most likely. Yeah, yeah should. I should be able to. Thanks. All right, Mike. Well, it's been another week. It's been a pleasure, as always, to speak to you. It's not always a pleasure to watch the Vikings, but it is always a pleasure to be in your company. Uh, as we always say here on the Skull Purple Podcast, Skull, baby. Skull. Skull.